Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. Tonight, we have Haley and Lauren joining us. How are we, ladies? Doing wonderful, save for the Bruins not playing anymore, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Absolutely. Hales, about yourself? I am just happy it's Friday. Yes, a, a long week, a long week for us all. It's been a little bit since we last recorded. Uh, we're coming at you on a Friday evening, uh, so it's been a little bit of time has passed. The Bruins were still alive uh, the last time we all recorded. Um, the uh, you know, number of teams have been eliminated. Lauren's abs have been eliminated. Uh, so this is there's a, a lot of post-mortem going on for <laughs> For a lot of us, um, but a lot of awesome stuff to discuss. Um, just as a, we'll get into this a little bit later. I'll actually save this for my opening face-off. Um, but uh, so, stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the National Hockey League and the hockey world as a whole since the last time we all got together. And so, without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening face-off. Uh, Lauren, we'll start with you. Uh, you know any opening thoughts for you as we get to tonight's episode started? Yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my coworkers at Nesson and the other Bruins beat writers who really busted ass this year, just covering the, the Bruins. You know, I think we started still at home. Um, it was still a very weird season to do coverage, even though we were able to go back into the garden at some point. Um, you know, many of them weren't on the road still. So, and the coverage was still outstanding, both from Nesson and across the board. So just want to give a big shout out there. I know it's not easy, especially with the rush of playoffs and add a pandemic and capacity limits and protocols and restrictions. So um, just big shout out to them because I think we all crushed it. And I think that it speaks to the writers, just how we're able to adapt so quickly and Hopefully next season we'll be we'll be back to normal. Knock on wood, hundred percent normal. Yeah, and we spoke in a previous episode, um, and especially kind of you know gleaning from Lauren's experiences, the the nature of covering sports has changed so much, and you know you and your your coworkers have been you know adjusting to okay covering from home, and then uh, you know can we go back into uh, arenas and, you know, covering, you know, coach press conferences over Zoom. There's just been so much change. And yeah, just the quality of coverage, um, you know, from the folks at Nesson for the Bruins, for, you know, folks uh, covering the National Hockey League and, uh, and other leagues, um, you know, for other mediums, the quality of coverage has not suffered despite the location. And that's a testament to the people uh, and, the, and the great work they're doing. So I totally agree, Lauren, um, you know, Congrats to all of the, the folks at Nesson, including yourself, uh, for you know, doing such a, a fantastic job with coverage. And you know, just like things are hopefully going back to normal for the players, hopefully they can go back to normal for the people who are covering uh, you know, the, these things and uh, you know, providing all of us as fans with you know, a, a glimpse into what happens behind the scenes. Absolutely. Uh, Haley, how about yourself? Any opening thoughts uh, to get our episode started here tonight? I just want to point out that I'm pretty sure I'm like a jinx or something because every team I've rooted for just loses. So now I feel like obligated to root for Tampa Bay 
just so that they'll lose. So last postseason, the reverse jinx was uh, it, it, li- it lied with me. I, I reverse jinxed the stars all the way to the Stanley Cup final, uh, as we as has been well documented. It may have transferred. The reverse jinx may have transferred to Haley, and she she's going to use her powers for good. Uh, you know, by by pulling for Tampa as we record this, Tampa does lead. Uh, they're, uh, I guess, not Eastern Conference Finals this year. It's just the you know the se- the, the semifinals since there's no conferences. Uh, two games to one over the Islanders. So if the Islanders do come back in the series, just know that Haley is using her powers for good. So, um, and if they don't come back, then Haley's just not as good of a reverse jinxer as I am. Yeah. I mean, it could just be that I literally can't guess who's going to win. That's why I don't like doing predictions. The, the, the best part of predictions is, uh, is, you know, how fun it is to look back on them and be like, yeah, that was very bad. <laughs> so no, uh, yeah. There's, there's no, no shame in, in predictions just kind of going horribly. So don't, uh, don't feel bad about it, Hales. Um, as for myself, my opening face-off, uh, as I was about to allude to in our introduction, but I want to touch on it now. Um, you know, we here at Snipe and Selly, uh, you know, we like to, you know, have fun, cover, uh, you know, uh, such a wonderful sport um, and, uh, and, you know, just have a good time, but we are not, you know, ignorant to or avoiding uh, any potential topics um, and, you know, even covering some very despicable things that may, may happen in the world and in this case, the hockey world. Uh, so in, you know, full transparency, there was a story that was released just the other day uh, regarding the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, some, you know, covering up of sexual abuse allegations uh, within the organization. We do not intend to, uh, to ignore that story. We actually plan on devoting either a full episode or maybe like a, a mini episode to it. We felt that this topic was, uh, wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing it justice if we decided, hey, we're going to spend, you know, five to 10 minutes on this, the way we do our normal news segments, like, uh, you know, the New York Rangers hiring a new head coach, which we'll discuss in a second, uh, or, you know, someone wanting to get traded, you know, those are discussions you can have a, you know, a little back and forth and then kind of go on uh, with your day. Uh, it would be doing this topic a disservice if we just spent uh, a short amount of time on it. So we plan on covering this Blackhawk story and, uh, you know, look for an episode from us to drop next week. We actually might be joined by uh, Blackhawks fan and, um, you know, uh, uh, true crime uh, and chill host Gabby, who uh, who does um, a wonderful job here at FTF Media. She's expressed some interest in discussing this story with us. So look for that episode to come out uh, hopefully next week. Uh, but we, we do not plan on you know, skipping over that story because it's serious. Um, you know, we, we definitely plan on discussing it. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But on a, a lighter note, uh, yeah, we do want to jump right into our uh, coast-to-coast segment with League News. And as I just alluded to, the first item that we want to discuss is the New York Rangers uh, hiring uh, Gerard Gallant as the next head coach. Obviously, a very high-profile job and a high-profile coach, a, a, a coach who was able to bring the Las Vegas Golden Knights to a uh, Stanley Cup final in their first year. Um, you know, he has been around for a while as a former player, and even though he is, might not be as accomplished as uh, a lot of head coaches in terms of you know winning Stanley Cups, it seems like this 
move has been met very positively within the New York Rangers community with, among players. Apparently, Gerard Gallant has a big reputation among players as being someone who can relate to, to players, specifically to, to star players. Something that apparently, you know, we always find out things after the fact, apparently David Quinn did not excel with. Uh, apparently, he did not relate to his players, specifically his star players, very well. Um, you know, given that he, that David Quinn came from a college, uh, atmosphere where, you know, you pretty much treat, you know, all players the same. They're all, you know, college kids looking for, uh, for a shot. Uh, you know, maybe things just didn't translate and it sounds like it didn't, but, uh, Gerard Gallant hired by the Rangers. Obviously this is a team that's very talented. They have a good mix of young talent and, and star, uh, power, looking to put things together and maybe make the playoffs next year. Lauren, I'll go to you first. Uh, You know, what do you think about the hire of Gallant? Uh, Do you think that the Rangers were just, you know, the right coach away? Um, Or do you think that uh, obviously there's been a lot of upheaval in that organization? Do you think that uh, now with Chris Drury and Gerard Gallant in place, they have, uh, you know, the structure that they're looking for and, uh, and, you know, they could be a player in the East next season. Yeah. I love this hire. I think it's a great hire for the Rangers um, obviously we were shocked about David Quinn getting fired, but now, like you said, things always come out after the fact and it seemed just like, it wasn't a good fit for the younger guys. And I think Gallant will be perfect for that. I mean, he, he's also coming off an IHF uh, championship with team Canada. So he's really like in championship mode, win now mode, obviously was very successful with the golden Knights. So I think that he's going to bring a lot of good things to the Rangers. And I think the Rangers surprised a lot of people this season. I mean, they were in the playoff race right until they were eliminated mathematically and they gave it a good fight. Like there was at one point we were all talking about, you know, will it be the Bruins left out of the playoffs because of the Rangers? Like, are the the Rangers going to make a run at that fourth spot? Like who's going to drop out? And they're not far away from being a, a, playoff team and I think Gallant I mean I I do want to say that he is the answer but I also think that maybe they still need a little work in their roster where I'm not really sure I haven't really done a big deep dive on the Rangers since the season ended Um, don't really know who's free agents or anything like that but you know I think this could be good for the team for New York you know the city and even for Alexi Lafreniere, Lafreniere, he's, you know, people are already, already called the kid a bust after one season. And, you know, maybe, well, A, it's his first season in the NHL. You guys need to chill. And B, maybe, you know, he just needed a different coach. Who knows? But I don't think we'll find out. And who knows? We might find out next season if Gallant is the answer to the Rangers. But I don't, I don't think you can go wrong here. I don't think this is a move where I'm going to sit here and be like, Oh, why did they do that? This is an amazing move for the Rangers. Yeah. And I, I think that he was the best candidate for the job. I, you know, I don't think that a reunion with uh, torts was ever in, uh, <laughs> in uh, the picture. It, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, as we've seen, you know, just with NHL coaches, it's not exactly like, you know, X's and O's for the most part. I mean, you know, you do have some situations like Barry Trotz uh, going from Washington to the Islanders and, you know, bringing that, that trap uh, strategy with him uh, and, you know, seeing it, you know, become very effective. You know, there are instances in which, you know, a coach brings a particular strategy 
uh, and style of play. But for the most part, it's just managing personalities. So uh, if Gerard Gallant is someone who can do that and he can get the most out of uh, you know a mix of both young players and uh, and 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 veterans and you know uh, you know relate to stars, then then yeah, I, I think it, it'll work out. I. I, I just didn't see anything uh, wrong with what David Quinn was doing, at least from afar, but it, you know, we aren't in the locker room. So, you know, hopefully it is the right move for the Rangers and, you know, hopefully it can get them to that, uh, that next level. So yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see Haley, you know, obviously, you know, you've been, uh, you, you know, you are a part of, of organizations that, you know, you have leadership, um, you know, leadership uh, conveys uh, you know convey sets the tone for an organization um, you know a, a different voice in the room can uh, can sometimes spur a lot of change you know do you think that uh, you know a coaching change regardless of you know who the candidate is could be exactly what the Rangers need in this sense uh, you know with a, a franchise that was very close to making the playoffs this past season yeah I think that sometimes that's exactly what you need and it just kind of goes with if they mesh or not, not always if they're even going to be a better coach than the last one in the sense of like coaching the game, but the player relationships and really being able to build the team bonding and the team relationships with each other. And honestly, I mean, when you have a toxic leader, it just bleeds down into the rest of the team. So you really need somebody who's really strong up there. And so it could be, it could be exactly what they need. And, you know, I don't root for any New York teams. So I'm not going to sit here and say, I hope that it works out for them, but it does sound like they made a good move based on what you guys were saying. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Gallant, again, very recently brought uh, Vegas to a cup final. Um, you know, his tenure there ended uh, surprisingly quickly, uh, you know, but as we've seen across the National Hockey League, sometimes coaching changes are made even when teams are in contention. It, it can be for, you know, for seemingly no reason. Uh, you know, uh, NHL coaches are recycled fairly regularly. I'd say, you know, at, at almost as high of a clip as the NFL. And we know how quickly NFL teams will uh, you know, cycle through head coaches. So, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what happens uh, with the Rangers, uh, you know, They've had a lot of upheaval in the organization uh, just in the, in the last month, but hopefully that, uh, you know, they, they've gotten their organizational structure correct. Um, you know, stability is very important and it's a big market. So when things don't go well, you know, those results are magnified. So hopefully this is exactly what they need. Hopefully they are able to, uh, you know, become a playoff team and, you know, they, they certainly, I think that they need to still address the goaltending situation. Um, I think that they need to get, uh, you know, maybe a, a veteran in there. As it turns out, Henrik Lundqvist, you know, uh, obviously he is recovering from, from surgery, but, you know, that's someone who may, might be a good veteran fit on the team. I don't know if a reunion could be arranged, but, uh, or if there's another veteran goaltender that they could bring in, but I think they need to solidify that and that along with, uh, you know, solidifying their coaching situation could mean great things for this franchise next year. So we'll have to see what happens. But to stay along the uh, the coaching route, we did have another big hire this week, and it was in the NWHL, uh, a league that we have really enjoyed covering. Um, obviously, we had our interview with Carolyn Pilch uh, very recently. Uh, you know, we we love to 
make sure that we uh, you know stay up to date on what's happening in the, in the NWHL. And this was a hire made uh, by the Toronto Six, uh, and the they, uh, the coach that was hired was Mark Joslin. And this is a pretty significant hire. Um, you know, Mark Joslin, it would be uh, the, the first black coach uh, to coach in the NWHL in its brief history. And obviously, uh, you know, black coaches in hockey in general uh, are very, very rare. So a very significant hire by the Toronto Six. Um, Digit Murphy, who had been uh, the Six's uh, previous head coach, uh, she'll still be involved in the organization, but no longer behind the bench. Um, so... This is this is significant because the NWHL they're they're you know as they're growing they are trying to uh, you know to to preach inclusion um, and you know something that the NHL certainly struggles with uh, you know you know truly making hockey for everyone um, you know the, the hiring of a, of a black head coach uh, is certainly something that can uh, go a long way so Lauren I wanted to get your thoughts on on this hire and you know the NWHL certainly they practice what they preach. Yeah, I mean, I just like the Gallant hire, I love this move. I think it was, I mean, I had no idea this was even coming. I had no idea that they were in the market for a new head coach. I mean, after everything that kind of transpired over the offseason with the Six and Digit Murphy, it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. But I, like I said, I love this move. I think he's going to be great. Toronto was really good last year. And I know it was a small sample size because of the bubble and then the bubble getting postponed a little while there. But, you know, they have a ton of talent, and they're only going to get better this offseason. They have the draft coming up. They have uh, the regular offseason with free agents and being able to sign that. And, you know, Jocelyn's been involved in really high levels of hockey, and especially out in Ontario. So he's familiar with hockey as a whole, obviously. And I just think he's going to bring incredible energy to – not just the Toronto Six, but women's hockey and the NWHL as a whole. And I think that this is amazing on so many fronts. And like you said, that they practice what they preach, right? So it's even then, it's the the inclusion, the, the diversity. It just shows that, you know, they can and they are trying to make hockey for everyone. So it's incredible to see this. I'm really excited to see what Toronto does as long as they lose to the Boston Pride. I, other, other than that, I, I hope they do really well. But I'm excited to see what he can bring to this team and the organization and the league as a whole. Exactly. Toronto losing to Boston in the postseason is a, a tradition that must not be interrupted. So we certainly wish the Toronto Six all the success in the world, except when they are playing the defending Isabel Cup champion Boston Pride only two-time uh, Isabel Cup champion to date. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I just think it's a, it's a tremendous hire. Um, I, I think that just, again, the NWHL, you know, sticking to its guns and saying at, a, at you know, a time in its, when it's still really in its infancy, you know, only being a, a handful of, of years old and it's starting to grow, hey, you know, we want to, uh, to you know, hire the best candidates, um, you know, for, for these jobs. And, you know, the best candidates you know, can be candidates of color. They can be, uh, you know, they, they can be uh, any sort of, of candidates, but uh, you know, it's just, it, it again shows that they are putting their money where their mouth is. Um, Haley, what do you think about, uh, you know, the, the, this hire by the Toronto six and just, you know, the, the way that the NWHL is, you know, in, again, in a short time, they're taking a stand. They are uh, making sure that they are being inclusive and uh, you know, making sure that uh, they're, they can attract more viewers uh, for their sport by, you know, by, you know, preaching representation. Yeah. I mean, I think that 
you have to hire who's best for the job and the their skin color or their gender, you know, none of that should matter when it comes to are they the best person for the job? And so it's really exciting to see that, you know, they're not only getting a great coach, but it is representation. It is something that, you know, like people can look up to and that you're really seeing that hockey is for everyone because it is, it is for everyone. And it just needs to be seen more so that people will see it and believe it and people grow like kids growing up that want to be a part of hockey will see people that look like them and want to be a part of it want to be fans of it want to play and continue on the great sport that it is but like you said you just have to practice what you preach you can't just say hockey's for everyone you can't just say that you're inclusive and that representation matters you also have to show it absolutely absolutely and 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 they're certainly showing it so uh, it, it's fantastic that the six are doing this. Uh, it's fantastic that uh, they are, you know, again, it, it, it could inspire, uh, you know, fans of, of all uh, ethnicities, uh, of all genders to be like, you know what, okay, I, you know, this league wants to include, uh, you know, include everyone and, uh, you know, and they want to make the sport for everyone and I want to tune in. So uh, I just, you know, my hat is off to the Toronto six and, uh, and, you know, as, Lauren alluded to, uh, obviously there, you know, there, there were, um, you know, issues with, um, you know, Digit Murphy and, um, you know, a, a particular group, um, that she affiliated herself with. So, uh, at the very least, um, you know, good on them for, um, you know, for, you know, higher, uh, you know, kind of moving past that, um, you know, that, that incident. So, um, yeah, I, I just I think that it, a great hire by the six, and uh, you know, best of luck to Coach Joslin and the six. And our final piece of news uh, before you know, kind of uh, moving to uh, uh, you know a, a fun little uh, chirp session and uh, discussing some of the action on the ice is has to do with a very prominent defenseman who may be on the move yet again. And stop me if you heard this before. Dougie Hamilton might not uh, be, be staying with his team much longer. So Dougie Hamilton, who was drafted originally by the Boston Bruins, spent the first three years of his career uh, with the Bruins, you know, finished out his entry-level contract, um, decided that he did not want to remain in Boston. Uh, you know, basically, even though he was a restricted free agent after the uh, conclusion of that contract, uh, said that he did not want to, uh, to you know, remain in Boston, but not sign uh, tender there basically forced the team's hand. They they traded him to the Calgary Flames in exchange for draft picks. He played three seasons for the Calgary Flames as well before um, ultimately um, you know being traded once again to the Carolina Hurricanes, where you guessed it, he spent the last three seasons. Three years seems to be uh, the amount of time that Dougie Hamilton can uh, stick with a franchise because now we are seeing that the Hurricanes have given Dougie Hamilton permission to seek a trade. He is still um, under contract uh, at this time. Um, or maybe he's not. I'm, I, I, I don't know if he's a pending free agent or, or, or he you know, might be a free agent uh, you know, in 2022. Uh, regardless, he, uh, he's been granted permission by the Hurricanes to seek a trade and talk with other teams. So in the end, it could be, you know, much ado about nothing. He might decide that, uh, you know, all right, I, I don't have very many, you know, offers that are better than, um, than you know, what uh, was received 
uh, from the Hurricanes, or he might end up going elsewhere again. Regardless, it just seems like this guy can't stick in any one place for uh, too long, you know, one way or the other. Again, three years seems like it's pretty much the limit for him. So, Lauren, you know, who do you think could be a player for Dougie Hamilton Services? Um, you know, do you think that it's concerned that as talented as he is, he just can't seem to stay anywhere for, you know, very long? You know, would you want to invest draft capital? Would you want to, you know, give up any assets for someone who, you know, you're probably only getting them for, for a, a couple of years. So um, I think it would end up essentially being like a sign and trade for Dougie. Um, I haven't, I just saw like a few tidbits and I haven't really done too much on his contract situation, but you know, to, to, it's tough to say like who would be a good like trade piece for Dougie because I don't know what teams are interested in him. I don't know if it's like, I don't know what team is needs a defenseman, what they're willing to give up. Um, but I, I feel like he would generate some, some good trade. I think he would generate a good trade package. He is only 28. Um, he'll probably be looking for a hefty contract and rightfully so. Listen, he's a very good defender. I think, you know, Boston fans saw that and obviously Carolina has seen that for the last three seasons. He's talented. He has, he had 42 points in 55 games last season or this past season. And he's just been really, really good for the Hurricanes and he dominates puck possession. He really helps the Hurricanes be a better team. And it's hard to believe he's 28 because I feel like he's been around for like 20 years. And I don't know if it's because all the, the drama surrounding Boston and because these guys do come into the league when they're like 18, 19 years old. So there's that whole thing too. But, you know, I feel like, someone who just had a really good season like Dougie Hamilton, he could seek something like an eight year contract, which that I, I wouldn't want to give that to anybody. Um, that's a long time to commit to any player, especially in a sport as fast and as physical as hockey. I know we've seen plenty of big contracts throughout the NHL, throughout other professional sports, but I just would not want to do that. But, you know, I think I don't think his time with Carolina could potentially be coming to an end because of an attitude problem um, or, you know, stuff he's not fitting in well. I don't think it's anything like that. I simply think it's because he wants and maybe his agency and his reps believe he could garner a bigger contract than what Carolina wants to pay. And, hey, if that's the case, go get that money. I am all about that. I don't care if a team wants to give you a 12-year contract. It'd be stupid, but – I'm never going to blame a player for signing a contract and taking what they can get. I would never, that's just dumb. Like I would do it too. We would all do it. Um, so I think it's essentially going to come down to seeing what's out there, seeing the best contract offer and Carolina, they're saying, okay, we'll give you this. We'll give you more. We'll give you maybe more term or more money front load your contract or something like that. Or the, or they'll let them walk. And that's, it's really the, those two options, but I think, you know, I think he was a good fit for the Hurricanes. I think he's done a lot of good there. And I had fun watching him with the Hurricanes. So it, it would be a bummer to see him go elsewhere because I feel like he's had a lot of success in Carolina. Um, and, you know, it's bouncing around from team to team at only 28. We've seen worse cases. But, you know, I feel like if you have a good fit, why, why leave in for a little bit more money if you really enjoy playing for somewhere? So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't think he's like a locker room cancer. I don't think there's any 
problems with him being in Carolina. I think it's just a matter of him and his agency being like, hey, go go see what else is out there because you're worth more than what Carolina will pay you. Yeah. Uh, I, I know there's always been kind of whispers about Hamilton uh, and, you know, being, uh, you know, a, a locker room problem. I know that, you know, you know how things go in, in Boston uh, when uh, an athlete leaves Boston, suddenly there's, you know, a million rumors that, uh, that are then become fact. And I know people said that, oh yeah, you know, he, uh, he didn't get along uh, in the locker room with, uh, with any of the Bruins veterans uh, and he wanted the Bruins to sign uh, his, his brother uh, who, uh, who's, you know, not very good player. That second part might be true. Um, uh, you know, from, from uh, you know, I, I think Calgary wound up signing uh, his brother once, uh, once he was traded there, but um, you have to think that it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's much ado about nothing. The one rumor that I do believe uh, could have some legs. There's, it's always been said that, you know, uh, that Dougie and his family would love for him to be able to play closer to home in Toronto. Um, and obviously the trade to Calgary got him into the right country, but, uh, you know, Calgary, not very close to Toronto. So, um, you know, you know, getting, you know, either to the Maple Leafs or, you know, getting, uh, you know, relatively close by, you know, maybe that's what, uh, you know, where he winds up next. You know, I could see a scenario in which the Maple Leafs swing a deal for him. You send assets back to Carolina, you pick up a player like Dougie Hamilton, not what Toronto needs, but they always seem to make moves based on not exactly what they need, but just like, oh, here's a flashy move that we could make. Um, so I could see him winding up in, in Toronto. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd offer a long-term deal. Uh, you know, I, I hate offering long-term deals in general because, uh, you know, you know, athletes' bodies, you know, break down, uh, you know, they, you know, sometimes they, they don't age the same way as others. Um, but just in general, especially with a player like Hamilton, where it seems like, you know, three years is pretty much the, the height of, uh, you know, how, how long he stays in one place, you know, do I want to risk, you know, giving him a big deal? And then, you know, after a few years, you're looking to potentially move him again. So uh, I don't know. Um, it certainly bears watching Haley. The flyers are certainly in the market for, uh, you know, for a lot of help, especially on the blue line. You know, do you think Dougie Hamilton's a fit in Philly? Would you like him there? Uh, or, you know, given his kind of track record, do you want to stay away? Or do you bet on the talent? I mean, if he's going to be an asset for three years and then leave, at least he was an asset those three years, right? But you don't want to make a huge deal necessarily and give up some other things that you have for only three years. He sounds like a commitment, phobe. I'm just saying, you know, can't commit too long. Just got to gotta move on, gets a little bored maybe. No, just kidding. But I, you know, if, if he wants more money, like that's great on you. Like that's, I, we see it in every sport. People hold out, people, you know, they want the bigger contracts. They want what they feel like they're worth. Or if he wants to be closer to home, I think that's great. You know, move closer to your family. Sports players, you know, they they travel a lot and they're away from their families a lot. So I could see that being a big reason why he maybe want to get closer to, um, to your point, Mark, but the Flyers, they need a lot of help. You know, the Flyers, the Flyers need a lot. So he may, he may not be the answer if it's only for three years. I think they need to, they need to figure out something that's going to be a long-term fix in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to toss that out there to see, see what you thought <laughs> as a, as a diehard Flyers fan. I mean, the, yeah, they, they, they certainly need uh, a lot of different things, but uh, you know, 
you know, you never know. I, I think that if Dougie Hamilton is indeed available, there's going to be a lot of teams that are, you know, are calling the hurricanes up and, and seeing what exactly the price would be. And, and also conversely, what type of contract he'd be interested in, uh, you know, obviously how much you have to pay him would uh, impact what you're giving up. Uh, you know, certainly teams are, are not going to give up a ton if you also, you know, need to pay him a lot uh, and devote a lot of cap space to him in return. So we'll certainly have to see. Uh, I just, my gut tells me this is, this is something that, this is just a Toronto Maple Leafs type of move. They don't operate strategically in Toronto. They basically just say, here's the next shiny object. And Dougie Hamilton's a shiny object, probably a better defenseman than any free agent you can get. Uh, you know, let's, let's make it work cap wise. Uh, let's, you know, let's move some contracts out. Let's bring in Dougie Hamilton. We're going to solve absolutely nothing about our team because uh, you know, they, they don't necessarily need blue line help. Uh, they need to change the DNA in that franchise uh, so that they don't choke in the playoffs every year. And I don't know if Dougie Hamilton solves that. I think, you know, getting a, uh, I can't even blame goaltending because, you know, Campbell was really good for them this year, but I, I don't know, just whoever plays the Toronto Maple Leafs is just cursed. And if you're a Maple Leafs fan, I'm sorry. It's just the truth. I think deep down in your heart of hearts, you know it, but uh, you know, in, uh, if you at least like exciting, uh, you know, acquisitions, Rest assured that I'm pretty sure Dougie Hamilton is going to wind up with your team. I don't know how, but I think it's going to happen. So we'll have to see if that, uh, that it winds up taking place. But moving on from the Toronto Maple Leafs and Dougie Hamilton to one of Dougie Hamilton's former teams, and that is the Boston Bruins. And as we said off the top, this would be you know, a little bit of a post-mortem for the Boston Bruins, whose season ended uh, in six games to the New York Islanders uh, within the last week. It's there's a lot of, of questions around the Boston Bruins and, you know, for our chirp session, I thought it would be, you know, kind of a, a fun topic to discuss amongst the three of us, you know, what Boston does moving forward. Obviously this is a, a core that has been together for a long time. The majority of this core was together for uh, the 2011 Stanley cup run that the team has been celebrating the 10 year anniversary of this week. You know, you'd love for them to be playing instead of celebrating the 10-year anniversary of their last title, but, you know, you, that's not how it, it shook out. But, you know, you always learn things in exit interviews, and Lauren was covering a ton of the exit interviews. She had a ton of insight. Um, but, you know, you learn what players were playing through, and in the case of Tuka Rask, as I speculated on Twitter, I, I can't believe I was actually right, um, you know, Tuka Rask was playing through a torn labrum in his hip, um, you know, he clearly was not right. We talked in a previous episode about injuries that it seemed like he was dealing with. And, you know, that's very painful to deal with uh, before anyone's like, oh, you know, you know, what, he's playing hurt, whatever. Like, you know, you try walking around with a torn labrum in your hip, much less playing goalie at the National Hockey League level. Um, you know, so Tukaras was playing through quite a bit. Um, he's a pending free agent. Uh, he's expressed an interest in returning to Boston. But given the fact that he has to have surgery, he's probably going to be out until January, February. So that's the majority of the season. You know, what do you do if you're Boston? Do you bring him back? Uh, you know, are you able to exploit the same loophole that Tampa Bay did with, uh, with, you know, Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos and put them on long-term IR and basically get to hide their cap number? Um, you know, David Krejci is a free agent. You know, you, you acquired Taylor Hall. He was a great fit. He's also a free agent. Do you bring him back? Uh, there's a lot of decisions that the Boston Bruins need to make. And 
in their, you know, kind of, you know, breakup day, as it's been, you know, kind of referred to, you know, Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, they, they've kind of said, you know, well, we think we can make another run with, uh, you know, with this core. You know, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand have said that they want to make another run with this core. Are they able to do it? Do you think that they just run it back, bring everyone else back, and uh, you know, just try and make another run healthy? You know, Lauren, what do you think they do? Uh, you know, they obviously have to do something uh, in terms of bringing in a veteran goaltender because if Tuukka Rask is going to be out until you know February, you, you got to have someone accompanying Jeremy, Jeremy Swayman or Dan Vladar. There's a lot of decisions to make. You know, what do you think they do? So I think their priority is re-signing David Krejci and Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall has expressed how much he enjoys being in Boston. He got a taste of second round playoffs. He got a taste of being on a team with really good chemistry. And it seems like Buffalo is very toxic, especially this year. So, you know, when you have players and players speaking out against like their um, medical staff, like Jack Eichel was, you know, begins to question like what else is going on. So for Taylor Hall to be like in a, in a healthy relationship, so to say, um, I think opened his eyes a lot. And it's, for me, it was the rejuvenation of David Krejci. You know, David Krejci, we have, fans have been begging and begging for wingers and stability for David Krejci because when he has wingers that he can trust, he plays out of his mind. And we saw that with Craig Smith and with Taylor Hall. So I think signing those two is important because I don't think one is who they are without the other. And that might be kind of dramatic to say, given they didn't play a whole lot, they didn't play a whole season together. But, you know, somebody compared um, David Krejci to a senior dog getting a little puppy and just bringing life back to him. I wish I remember who that was, but it was like the perfect analogy. And, you know, I think that they both complement each other well in the breakup interviews, they both said how much they enjoyed playing each other. It's one of the best teammates I've ever had, one of the best players. And, you know, even Craig Smith was saying that. I think that says a lot for people who have not played a whole season with somebody. Um, obviously, Taylor Hall left his mark on the Bruins. And I think it's important to sign him because I think he completes that second line. Um, obviously, they need secondary scoring. But same old song and dance there. Um, the expansion draft is coming, so I think they need to be very careful with who they do and do not protect. Um, there also needs to be some help on the blue line. You can't help that Kevin Miller and Brandon Carlo got hurt. That's just incredibly unfortunate. There's nothing you can do with that. But, if, you know, Kevin Miller doesn't know what his future holds. If he does want to play, it's not guaranteed the Bruins will re-sign him. But that's a big body that you, that you lose regardless. And that needs to be replaced. I don't know if it's a veteran defenseman. I don't know if it's a younger defenseman like a Brandon Carlo. But, you know, I think that there needs to be some help on that blue line because you committed to this youth movement, but you didn't play anybody in the playoffs because you didn't trust them. So that that's a whole nother issue right there. Um, and then obviously goaltending. And I joked about this as soon as the season ended. And the more I say it, the more I'm convincing myself, but the more I'm like, it's it, – it sh it's not going to work is the Bruins should sign Henrik Lundqvist for cheap money, have him platoon with Ladar and Swayman until Rask, if the Bruins want to bring Rask back. And then you have Lundqvist and Rask, like what, what? Like that would be insane. Um, 
that is something I, I don't, I, I'm just having fun here, like throwing names out there. I, I don't think that would happen. Who knows if Henrik Lundqvist will even play. Like we don't know his issues, the extent of his heart, if he's able to compete at the NHL level anymore. But that would be incredible because Henrik Lundqvist has been one of the best goalies in the NHL for so long. He's so likable. He's was so loyal to the Rangers that you just couldn't not like him. Um, but, you know, goaltending is a big thing because I don't think you can start the season with Fladar and Swayman. I think they need to be in Providence. And I think that you need to continue to build their confidence because I think at one point next season, I think Vladar will be the one on the trading block. And I think he'll be able to bring in some good pieces that the Bruins will need. But, you know, they have, <laughs> they have bigger areas of need because if Ross wants to come back, I believe you bring him back, even if he won't be ready until January, February. Um, if he was playing that out of his mind with a torn labrum, <laughs> imagine him at 100%. I know Tuka haters don't want to hear it, but he's good. And he carried the team. He bailed out the team with a torn labrum. Yes, he let soft goals in by him, but so does every single goalie in every single game. And I just, I could go on a rant about Rask forever, but I think, you know, like I said, David Krejci and Taylor Hall, and then the blue line. You, there needs to be something done on that blue line because Brandon Carlo, Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, they can't do it on their own. I mean, that's, Matt Grizzlick is an amazing puck mover, but he's like five foot eight. You need size, you need the physicality, and you need, you need big bodies. And they just didn't have that this year. Again, injuries can't help that, but they need help because if you're not going to commit to that youth movement, you need to bring in other reinforcements. Can I just say real quick that I could listen to Lauren talk about the Bruins all day. Like, <laughs> it's great. It's so educational and so passionate. It's, it's like perfect. <laughs> Thank you. See, it's, it's the coverage that you can get at Nesson.com uh, and on the, the Nesson Bruins podcast and reading uh, all of Lauren's work. You can hear all this dedicated coverage at any time. Uh, <laughs> Love the plug. Appreciate that. <laughs> but, but it's true. Uh, it, it, it's, it's true. And it, it's, this team has a lot of decisions to make. Uh, you know, you know, we just talked about, you know, the Rangers a little bit earlier and uh, you know, whether or not uh, you know, uh, the coaching change is what brings uh, you know, that core together. Uh, but that's, you know, a relatively new core, this core in Boston, you know, this is a lot of these people have been around, uh, you know, since the cup run in 2011 and you know, it, it's, it's, you know, fast approaching the, you know, the last ride. And, you know, you have, you know, a player like Patrice Bergeron who has said, you know, probably I'm going to go year to year at this point, um, which can't say you blame him. I mean, he's been around since 2003. I mean, uh, he, you know, he's been, he's nearing two decades in the uh, NHL uh, that, you know, that that's how long he's been around, uh, you know, and he's still playing at a high level, but, you know, who knows how much longer he wants to keep going. That's a long time playing professional hockey. Uh, you know, you have Brad Marchand, who's still playing at a high level, but, you know, he's uh, you know, in, in his thirties now. Uh, David Pasternak's a, a fantastic player. Uh, you know, that's someone who you probably, you know, keep around, uh, you know, for, for your you know, long-term future. But beyond that, what else is there in terms of your core? You know, you have Tuka Rathke again, who's, he's going to, uh, you know, he has expressed that he only wants to play in Boston. You know, he doesn't want to play elsewhere. Um, but, you know, coming back from a labrum tear at his age, 
could be difficult. So, you know, do you do your, uh, your job with emotion if you're Don Sweeney, or do you look at it as we got to know exactly how recovered this guy is before we decide to bring him back, regardless of what he's meant to this franchise, you know, uh, uh, you know, that's something to consider. David Krejci is, you know, weighing whether or not he wants to return to Boston or potentially return home to the Czech Republic and play there. Um, you know, do you do your job with emotion or do you say, you know, here's what we're willing to, you know, pay for you. Uh, and, you know, if you're not willing to take this offer, you move on. And then conversely, like you, like Lauren alluded to, Krejci and Taylor Hall might be a package deal because they love playing together so much. So, you know, you might need to bring back Krejci regardless if you want to bring back Hall. It, it's, there's a lot of dominoes that are going to fall. Haley, you know, I, I know that the Bruins are kind of a secondary team for you, uh, but, you know, do you think that you'd prefer for them to, you know, make one last run with this core? Uh, do you think that, you know, maybe they, they you know, decide to shake things up and just the, the nature of a player like Tuka Rask, you know, risking his, you know, his long-term health. Let's, let's be honest, his long-term health by playing through a labrum tear, you don't know how, you know, worse that could potentially get. So the fact that he, you know, put his, his, you know, health on the line, does that, you know, almost regardless of, you know, regardless of, you know, the status of the team, does that require, you know, some loyalty there uh, for, from them? You know, I feel like that's, that's a huge thing about Boston, though. That's like the atmosphere and how much that these players love this team because you've seen it in the past with players playing through really bad injuries, you know, broken jaws and getting back out there on the ice right away and just wanting to put out their best and make sure that their team wins. And I think that's why, you know, Boston fans are very passionate because they see what the players are doing for them and for their team. So, you know, it would be really cool to see this core stick together and, and try again. I think they've dealt with a lot of injuries and that can happen. That could happen next year. Could you add some pieces to help out for sure? But like Lauren said, you really have to keep certain ones that were a big deal. I thought the Taylor Hole was like one of the best decisions they've made recently because it worked out so well. I felt like he played really, really well. And so that should be a priority. I do agree with that. Um, and it is so impressive that Rasp was playing with a torn labrum. Like I would not get out of bed ever until I was completely healed if I had a torn labrum. So I'm just kind of in shock that he could get out on the ice and still perform at a high level and make it to the second round. And this year was crazy. There were so many good teams in the playoffs. So you definitely can't blame one player. And I know that there's Raskaters out there and they're going to, but I'm just going to come out and say that that's dumb because you try playing with major injuries like that, especially something that bad in a goalie. Like, it's not like he doesn't need that. So it's impressive. And I do think they need to take into account, though, what his play will be like after surgery. He could come back and play even better. We don't know. So I like Lauren's idea of adding a pretty nice veteran in there. But, you know, maybe, like you said, you put him on that extended IR. You kind of play with those rules, those boundaries a little, just to keep him around. 
see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I, and I don't, I don't know about the intricacies of, of a long-term IR. I don't know if he needs to be under contract first and then like he fails a physical and then they can put him on long-term IR or if they can kind of wait until, uh, you know, they've kind of made the rest of their additions and then they can add them and again, just say, Oh yes, he's not fit to play. Let's put him on long-term IR. Or if maybe they just say, Hey, you know, we want you to rehab uh, until February. Uh, we'll see how, how you're doing and then we'll sign you then. Like I, 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 I don't know exactly how they'd make it work, but I feel like they can make it work. I think I would be surprised if Tuka Rask is not, uh, it does not return to the Boston Bruins in some capacity next season. And uh, I think they'll give them all the time in the world to, to rehab. And, you know, I've seen people say already that, you know, it's possible Jeremy Swayman, despite the success he had at the NHL level this past season, he might start out in Providence in the American Hockey League because it's important for him to play every night. Uh, and maybe Dan Vladar plus, uh, you know, mystery veteran addition. Uh, they, they split uh, goaltending for, for Boston. Like Lauren said, maybe Vladar is seen as a valuable trade piece. You call up Swayman at that point. Tuka Rask is back. You have that tandem back. And, uh, you know, you, you see what happens in the playoffs. And maybe next year they actually employ a tandem in the playoffs like you saw the Islanders do, like you've seen the Golden Knights do at times. Uh, you know, it, that, that's a potential uh, possibility as well. So, there's a lot of decisions that lie ahead for the Bruins and, you know, it, it, it bears watching and, you know, free agency is only about 40 days away at this point. So, you know, we'll be covering it before we, uh, you know, wrap up our, our NHL coverage here at Snipe and Selly for, you know, we'll definitely cover the initial wave of free agent signings and, uh, and, and, you know, moves in general. So it, it definitely bears watching. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun to see what Boston does because uh, it's, they're, they're at a bit of a crossroads uh, and, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, Don Sweeney certainly has his work cut out for him. But finally, we want to get to the action on the ice. And like I said, it's been about a week and a half since we last recorded. And a lot has happened. Boston has been eliminated uh, by the New York Islanders. Lauren's Colorado Avalanche have been eliminated, uh, losing four straight to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, my brother kind of called me out. I was, you know, saying to him, like, yeah, I mean, you know, Colorado's going to cakewalk to the finals. And he said, you know, Vegas could still win. And this was after it was 2-0. I said, no, 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 it's over. Colorado did not win a game after that. So again, the Mark reverse jinx. Uh, I uh, unwittingly re reverse jinxed the Colorado Avalanche out of the playoffs, despite them being my Stanley Cup pick. Uh, my mea culpa. Uh, yeah, so there, there, there's been a lot that's happened. Uh, right now we have the Montreal Canadiens, who made quick work of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we have uh, you know, them currently locked in a 1-1 series with Game 3 to take place tonight following our recording uh, with uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And then we have Tampa and, um, and the New York Islanders currently in a two-games-to-one series after uh, Islanders took Game 1. The Lightning have bounced back with back-to-back uh, -back victories. So as of right now, we have some, uh, some very entertaining semifinal matchups. Um, you know, a lot of fans think that a Vegas-Tampa Stanley Cup final is inevitable, but we'll see both these, you know, both the Canadians and the Islanders are hanging in there. So Lauren, what have you, uh, you know, what have you thought about uh, these semifinals uh, as a whole since, you know, since they've started up and I guess, you know, give uh, the floor is yours to give your, your final thoughts on the, the avalanche being eliminated from the postseason. I know it's very difficult to talk about. What a bummer, man. Um, 
you know, obviously the, the Knights are a really good team. It was two, two, NHL's top two teams going at it. I also said that the Avs would sweep their way to the Stanley Cup final, and so I look like a big dope for saying that. But, you know, it, I don't know what happened. I feel like though they went up 2-0, maybe they, the Avalanche got too confident. They was like – they just maybe thought – they'll lose one game and win the next two I don't know I mean the hardest thing to do is win number four and win four in a row and Vegas made it look easy so you know I think obviously this is some of the best hockey we're going to see the the series now I mean they're still so fun to watch regardless that both my teams are out but you know I think I think the Bruins were doomed once they did not win game five I thought it was going to be very difficult for them to win game six and I thought that game five was their game. If they won, I think it would have shifted momentum completely. I think it would have been a totally different story. And, you know, I I said they would win in seven and it's so hard now to say, you know, what would have happened knowing the extent of Rask's injury. um, There's so many what ifs and we could play that game forever. But, you know, this is, like I said, some of the best hockey I'm glued to my TV. I think that the Islanders in the lightning series I don't know if I'm just not into it because I don't like the lightning and because the Islanders beat the Bruins and it's not that they don't have stars on the team. I mean, they, of course they do, but I don't know if it's just not like, I don't know if I'm just bored with, with them or just mad at them. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm entertained for sure, but I'm just like, yeah, it's just not doing it for me. Like maybe the Canadians and the Knights are the better matchup because I mean, everyone's expecting the Canadians get blown out and they're giving Vegas, you know, they're staying right with them. So, you know, it's, it's fun. I'm still really bummed about the abs. Like I said, I really thought they were going to go to the Stanley cup. I thought this was their year to win. Um, but I think overall, every series has delivered. I mean, these are because of the alignment, because there's no conferences, in anything you're getting the best teams with the best players and every series a good team is going to go home we've seen it every series that a a good team a team that probably should have moved on in any normal year is out of the playoffs have been out of the playoffs so and as always there's surprises there's surprises every year there's upsets and that's what makes it fun but I think that we're still in for a lot of good hockey and you know I know that we're getting toward the end here of the the season as a whole but this is this is going to be fun it, it really is and these playoffs have certainly delivered obviously to this point the biggest surprise has to be Montreal going as far as they have um, you know them coming back against Toronto but then also dispatching of the Jets so easily and you know hanging in there to this point against Vegas you know v- Vegas at this point would have to be the the you know the favorite to uh, to to win it all yet uh, you know Montreal, uh, they they're they hanging in there. They they won game two. Game three is tonight. Um, you know, it uh, they they've really done a great job at it, just showing the the unpredictability of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And like you said, there have been a number of teams. You know, Colorado should you know they are worthy of continuing to play. Uh, you know, Boston is worthy of continuing to play. Uh, yeah, there uh, there have been a, a number of uh, of you know, very well fought series and just in general, you know, Colorado losing definitely shocked me, but it just, they were in every game, but just Vegas, they just stepped up big time and, you know, a couple huge overtime victories 
And, uh, and then, yeah, I, I was just very surprised to see, to see Colorado knocked out, but Mark Andre Fleury is every game he is making Pittsburgh regret moving on from him because, uh, you know, I know that they thought they had, uh, you know, a good tandem in Matt Murray and Tristan Jari, but Murray is obviously no longer there. And as we just saw earlier in this postseason, Tristan Jari, uh, Jari is a sieve. Uh, this guy, uh, he cannot be trusted. And, you know, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but maybe if you're Pittsburgh, you, you know, you give a little bit more respect, similar to what we were just talking about with Tuka Rask in Boston, you know, give – give a little bit more respect to this guy who's been a, you know, probably the best goaltender in your franchise history. He's won multiple cups with you. Um, you know, maybe they should have stuck with him because he certainly looks like he has uh, gained a second win big time in Vegas. And I know last, just last postseason, not even a year ago, he was, you know, fighting off Robin Leonard and his agent was, you know, tweeting out weird pictures of him with a, a fictional sword uh, stabbed through him. Uh, so Marc-Andre Fleury has recovered from a fictional sword injury, and uh, he's currently leading his, uh, his team maybe to a Stanley Cup final. So it's been, it's been really awesome to watch. You know, Haley, I, again, I, I know that you, uh, you, as we talked about earlier in this episode, uh, your predictions have not exactly <laughs> been uh, you know, s- uh, stellar. Uh, but again, putting it mild- just, mildly. Yeah. But I mean, as Lauren and I have just discovered, uh, have just disclosed, uh, you know, our Stanley cup picks were awful. Uh, you know, our, our predictions have not gone well. So uh, if you had to, uh, if you had to, to, you know, kind of stake your, uh, your name to something right now, um, you know, what do you think the Stanley cup final matchup winds up being? Do you think that, uh, that, you know, this run continues for Montreal or do you think Vegas advances and, you know, do you think that the, the Islanders can make it all the way to the, to the cup final? You know, I feel like for my jinx sake, I have to say Montreal versus Tampa Bay because that's exactly what I don't want in the final. Um, I do think I do think Tampa Bay is going to take it, though. I think that they're pretty dominant, although the Islanders really did surprise me in game one. And I was really enjoying that game as much as I hate like both teams, <laughs> but the, the play on the ice was really good um, as much as I got to catch of it, unfortunately. Somehow something always messes up when I'm watching hockey. I literally have the worst luck um, when it comes to trying to watch hockey games. So I, I try to catch highlights online as much as I can so I can stay involved. But, you know, I mean, hockey has just been really exciting this year. The, the different conferences, you don't even call them that. I don't, know what, I don't know what we really call them. Different setup that we had this year was still pretty exciting having them play each team eight times. Unfortunately, the Flyers couldn't beat Boston like ever. Um, although Boston's my second team, so I can't really be too upset. It was just, it was different, you know, and I really do want us to go back to, back to normal. I don't want to continue to necessarily just play with things and see what we can change. But it was kind of exciting. And these playoffs have been wild. Like teams that you expect to go further like the avalanche we all said that they were going to easily make the finals all of us so that was the biggest shock for me I was really upset because then I was like well now who do I root for literally not one team I wanted to be in this situation is there um and Vegas is just the next best thing for me to root for because I can't 
I cannot root for New York in any sport. I just can't do it in my blood. It doesn't allow for it. I hate Tampa Bay. And for the sake of, you know, liking the Bruins, I cannot root for Montreal. It's just not allowed. Um, or else you're not allowed to be a fan, right? Am I assuming that correctly? <laughs> you are correct. So, yeah. So, you know, you have to have hate for, for Montreal in there. Um, but it really, the hockey's been just, like we say it every week, I feel like it's just incredible. I mean, there's incredible players out there, incredible teams. And for the sake of the jinx, we're going to say go Tampa Bay. But I do hope it's Vegas, Tampa, if Tampa's going to make it to the final. I hope it's Vegas and they're with them. Um, but the best thing that I could see would be Vegas versus New York and Vegas taking it, in my opinion. And our, our listeners have to remember, too, you know, while Vegas is just like, yeah, it's the lesser of all evils, you know, like Lauren and I really don't have anything against the Golden Knights. Haley has canceled them. Don't forget, because, uh, <laughs> you know, they have, uh, you know, she rooted, uh, she voted uh, on their, their, you know, uh, alternate jersey, their new alternate jersey, is one of the ugliest alternate jerseys in NHL history before it had even been worn in a game. It had just mm-hmm. been announced when we did our ugly jerseys episode, and she's like, I'm adding this to my, my rankings. Like She was like, I, this jersey is so ugly, I need to talk about it before it's even been worn. That plus the, uh, the chrome golden helmets, uh, like mm-hmm. Haley despises everything about this franchise, so it's very difficult for her to say that. You know, and I don't hate the players or the the play like I think for them to come to not have been in the league so long and be incredible it's awesome like to come out just guns like blazing ready to win games Um, but yeah I stand by my opinions on those helmets and those jerseys they should never be worn again and if you do win the Stanley Cup please retire those helmets and those jerseys do not wear them just uh, they're they're very eye catching, but not in a good way. Uh, so, so yeah, <laughs> I mean, but this this series between Tampa and the Islanders, it's it's in like the the spiteful sports fan in me should be rooting vehemently against the New York Islanders because they just eliminated my favorite team. But I just there's something about this team that it makes them uh, it, it hard to root against them. Like, and plus you have those fans in there in, in the Coliseum. I mean, I go through like a, a seesaw battle with myself but, uh, when watching these games between being annoyed by all, by all the chants that the Islanders fans uh, at the Coliseum are doing and being like, okay, this is cool. It's a cool atmosphere. Uh, but like, I don't understand half the chants. Like sometimes they're just making inaudible noises. Uh, like, uh, you know, sometimes they're chanting the goalie's name, but other times they're just like, Oh, like, like they're just like moaning. Like, uh, what are you doing? Like, what, what, what's going on? So it's, yeah, it, it's tough because, you know, I, as uh, someone, I, I just, I don't like the Tampa Bay lightning franchise, but uh, you know, I also don't want to pull for the team that just eliminated the Bruins. So it's very difficult. I'm basically just watching this series, which has been very competitive, by the way, uh, that trap style that the Islanders and Barry Trotz employ, um, you know, they, they've very much slowed down this uh, high power Tampa offense, but Tampa is, they've adjusted. They're kind of grinding out victories, uh, you know, like one goal wins these last couple games. So 
it's uh, it's been fun to see them kind of uh, adjust the way they play the game. Uh, but I've just been watching and just kind of enjoying the play on the ice. And you know, whoever wins wins. I'm not rooting one way or the other because, quite frankly, I would like both teams to lose. That's not a possibility in this case. But you know, as Lauren discussed and uh, Kaylee discussed, you know, Vegas is kind of the the lesser of all evils if you have a vested rooting interest. Uh, but from a pure hockey fan. I'd like to see a, a final between Tampa and uh, the, the Golden Knights. It just, that would be uh, the most potential star power on the ice. It, it would be very entertaining. I hope it goes seven games because, you know, then we have no more hockey until late October. So uh, I hope that this postseason continues to deliver. It has so far. Uh, and I, I look forward to seeing it go out with a bang. So, um, you know, uh, the official Snipe and Selly prediction here is go Knights go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, by the time we record next, um, you know, the Stanley Cup final might be set. I, th- I think so, you know, by the time uh, we, we get together next. So we'll have to see. But that's going to do it for uh, tonight's episode. Uh, you know, another fantastic, uh, you know, job by, uh, by my line mates. I uh, always love getting their insight. So before we wrap things up for the evening, I'd love to get uh, both Lauren and Haley's empty netters, any closing thoughts for us. So Lauren, we'll start with you first. Yeah. So as we were recording, the NHL announced the Selkie Award winner, and it went to Alexander Barkov of the Panthers. Very much deserved. Um, but I'm also very much convinced the NHL does not want Patrice Bergeron to break the record. Um, you know, there's no denying that Mark Stone, Bergeron, and um, Barkov were very deserving of the award. I think Barkov certainly deserved to win. However, I just don't know what more Bergeron can do. Um, and it also, I just saw a tweet that said 11 out of the 100 voters did not have Bergeron in their top five. So if any of you 11 are listening, slide into the DMs. I just want to chat. I just want to know why. Simple question. Why? Like who? I want to see the top five. I want to see maybe he was like top six. Maybe he just missed it. I just don't see any scenario when he wouldn't be in top five. Um, You know, Bergeron is one of the greatest centers in the NHL. He proves that every single year. Um, Like I said, I don't know what else more he can do, but... That and I'm not taking anything away from Barkov. He had an incredible season, but I think the NHL has a vendetta against Bergeron, and it needs to end immediately. This is a conspiracy. I'm going to be devoting all my free time into this. The NHL writers and the voters—they have something against Patrice Bergeron. It could be that he's too handsome. Uh, it could be that he's just too perfect as a whole. Uh, they are. Uh, I think Lauren is correct. I think someone or some entity does not want Patrice Bergeron to set the record for most Selkie award winners, because let's be honest, they should be renaming that trophy at this point. It should be like the Selkie Bergeron trophy. Uh, You know, he's been nominated more than anyone else. Uh, He is the, he has set the standard for best two way play uh, among forwards. And I, I think that as someone is trying to prevent him from setting this record, because he, he's a finalist every year because he's the best. And, you know, like Lauren said, not to take anything away from Alexander Barkov, fantastic player, potential Bruin, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, that's Patrice Bergeron's award. I think I, I, I smell conspiracy. Um, Haley, how about yourself? Um, any, uh, any empty netters, any closing thoughts uh, as we wrap up this episode? I just want to reiterate to our listeners that one, thank you for listening. 
this far into our episode, but two, to please tune in next episode when we talk about the Chicago Blackhawks story. It is an important topic, so we hope that you tune in to that one as well and that you enjoyed this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like like we said at the, the beginning and like Haley reiterated, you know, we don't want to avoid any stories. Uh, it's a story that needs to be covered. Um, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks organization needs to be held accountable um, for these allegations. And we are going to be discussing this, uh, you know, in, in a special episode. And uh, again, look for us to be joined by Gabby, uh, host of True Crime and Chill, uh, because it's very serious. Um, and, you know, franchises need to be held accountable uh, for how uh, they operate from top to bottom. And, um, you know, if you have not read up on this uh, Blackhawk story yet, you know, just if you just Google Chicago Blackhawks, it'll be one of the first search results, you know, read up on it before we talk about it. Uh, and, you know, if you have any thoughts on it as well, you know, definitely tweet us at Snipe and Sally. We want to engage with you uh, respectfully uh, and, and talk about, uh, you know, how, um, you know, you know, how the Blackhawks should be held accountable and, uh, you know, how franchises in general should operate moving forward. Um, and, you know, as for myself, again, just wanted to reiterate, we really, really appreciate your support um, here at, uh, at FTF Media and Snipe and Selly. And, um, you know, rather than talking about something hockey related, I just would like to, again, reiterate, you know, we have a number of fantastic programs uh, here at FTF Media. If you are a baseball fan, we have a wonderful uh, podcast, uh, Stealing Second, that Lauren is a part of. If you like stuff that's not sports related, uh, we have a wonderful podcast named Fierce and Flawed that Haley co-hosts with her uh, one of her best friends, Carly, um, that I'm also a part of. And we just talk about real life stuff. We have a, uh, a podcast centered around mental health and mental illness uh, you know, we have something just talking about entertainment. We really have genuine, heartfelt content that can be enjoyed by by anyone. And so, definitely, just check out our different, um, you know, FTF Media podcasts. You know, usually we kind of plug the website when we're doing our outro, but I want to talk about it here too. Just you know, please visit our website for thefansmedia.com, and you know, find something that uh, that could that you can relate to because you know we just have everyday people, um, you know, talking about relatable content and. You know, we want to engage with you. We want you to, uh, you know, if there's something that you want us to talk about, let us know, you know, tweet at us. Um, so, uh, you know, just once again, we would love for you to, you know, listen, read, uh, watch the different things that, uh, that we're doing here at For the Fans Media because, uh, you know, we, uh, we're here for you. So that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Uh, I want to go around to each of my line mates and have them let our listeners know where they can be found online. Uh, so Lauren, we'll start with you. You know, where else can our listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, every social media platform there is at la 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 Lauren. That's three laws and then Lauren with four R's. You can obviously hear me here on Snipe and Selly. You can find me and all my written coverage on Nesson.com. A lot of Red Sox stuff and... Spoiler alert, we are doing a ton of expansion draft and NHL draft coverage, so be on the lookout for that next month. Um, you can also hear me on the Nesson Bruins podcast once a week over at Nesson.com and anywhere where you get your podcasts. Um, again, a lot to talk about from last week, a lot to talk about in the coming weeks, so be sure to tune into that. You can also hear me on the Stealing Second pod here on FTF Media. I know that Yolo and Anna have been really busy cranking out content 
which has been incredible because we did have a bit of a hiatus there. So they are busting butt and I'm super excited for all of that. And I think that will do it. Yeah, Lauren is doing a million different things. And so uh, I wouldn't blame her if she forgot one of the different uh, projects that she's involved in, but uh, she's doing a ton. I think we're going to do a stream for the expansion draft uh, here at Snipe and Sally. I, I think that would be a lot of fun, um, you know, react to some of the, the players uh, that are going to start to make up the uh, Seattle Kraken roster. So uh, yeah, look forward to that. That's going to be happening very soon, uh, the expansion draft. So, uh, you know, as we, near the end of the NHL season, uh, the off season is going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, I think look out for, uh, for us to promote a, a stream that we're going to be doing for the, uh, the expansion draft. Haley, uh, how about yourself? Where can all of our listeners find you online? You can find me at CSI Haley on Twitter and Instagram at CSI Haley 91 on TikTok, And you can hear and follow me at, on the two shows that I co-host and that is Fierce and Flawed and Gridiron Girls. You can follow those at Girls Gridiron on Twitter and Gridiron Girls Pod on Instagram at Fierce and Flawed on Twitter and Fierce and Flawed Pod on Instagram. Just make sure that you're also following at For the Fans Media on all platforms all spelled out and that you check out ForTheFansMedia.com because we've had some really great articles come out from Carly and Charlie that is really hard to say without messing up there, <laughs> uh, but I did it. So it's good. I have really great, really, really great articles that they've put out recently. Um, of course, some video blogs for my mom also recently. And I know Mark's really excited about the next episode, uh, which he does still have to wait for July, but I got to taste the, the item that is being made yesterday and it's really good. So you guys stay tuned for that as well. Um, and I'm also going to be trying to work on an article um, this weekend. So maybe keep your eyes peeled for that as well. Definitely. Yes. I cannot wait for the next edition of fully baked um, with, with Sam Haley's mom. Um, and uh, we, we love Haley and we are so appreciative of all the time that she devotes to us here at FTF media. She is doing a million things uh, like Lauren is doing. Uh, so we are so, so appreciative and we love you Haley. As for myself, I can be found on Twitter at Mark Pacelli 13 That is P-I-S-E-L-L-I. You can find me uh, tweeting about whether or not I'm ever going to find a house. Uh, it seems like uh, the answer is no, but we'll see. Um, you can uh, hear me on uh, NerdPod, talking all things entertainment. You can hear me on uh, Views from the Rafters, our NHL uh, Sorry, this is our NHL podcast, our NBA podcast, Views from the Rafters. Um, you know, a lot of different sports. Uh, as well as on Fierce and Flawed. So once again, check out ForTheFansMedia.com uh, for, you know, great articles and videos. And, uh, you know, just uh, there's going to be some website changes coming up too. So you want to tune in for that as well. But that is going to do it for tonight's episode. Thank you all so much once again for listening. We appreciate you as always. And until the next time we get together, enjoy the action on the ice. I'm not going to do that. 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 I